Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Parashat Emor, after last week's Acharemot Kudoshim, with all those amazing, beautiful mitzvot and ways that we are to live our lives, we now come down to a little bit more in the Nei Kedusha, talking about the Kohanim, uh, the priests, although I'm not sure I like the word priests, because priests uh, brings to mind... You know, these monks that hang out in uh, in these mountaintops and separate themselves from society, when, of course, our Kohanim were very much uh, into society, education, teaching, uh, being with the people, being with Hashem, uh, having to go out to a marriage, you're meant to be married and have children, but actually taking the physical and uplifting it. That's the whole point of Kedusha and Amisor being different. It's not really uh, separating yourselves off and hiding out in the mountains. Um we also know that you know today we find a whole lot of things in relation to the Egyptians and finding these pyramids and, and mummies and uh, the Kohanim in those years dealt with basically death. They glorified death. They looked after the, the they made the, the pharaohs into mummies and the priests were involved in all these uh, these strange practices, but centered around death. Our Kohanim centered their life all around Israeli life. Maybe that's one of the reasons I remember reading somewhere, I think it was Rabbi Haber from Australia, or from initially from Lakewood, who wrote, you know, you would think that when it comes to the burial of the dead and it's such a unique thing to look after the dead, that maybe the Kohanim should do it. But no, we say the Kohanim don't go near dead bodies, not buildings, not cemeteries, keep away altogether. But why is that? If it's really something special to look after the Chesed Shel Emet, those who have passed away, well, it seems that the Kohanim are meant to be involved in the real world in, uh, and, and only when there is some type of Kedusha or Neshama involved in people or otherwise. But a dead person basically is, is a physical body. Uh, the Neshama has, has left the godly spirit, the essence of the person is no longer there and therefore just being involved in a shell that had a Neshama, obviously the Kohanim don't need to be involved in that or shouldn't be involved in that. The other things in the parasha, of course, are uh, we've got a lot of information about the Chagim. Uh, there's even, once again, of course, the uh, the perfect example of why Torah Shabbat Peh is so important. I mean, we know it's important because a lot of things we would never understand. I mean, could you imagine going into a classroom and telling people, okay, class, today I'd like to tie everyone, tie a sign on your hands and put a decoration between your eyes. There is no way in a million years that anyone in the class, let alone doing exactly the same thing, would come up with the concept of tefillin. But that's all it's all in the Torah. Decoration between your eyes and a sign on your hands. Try it out with your kids and see where they come up with the tefillin. I don't think they would. In any case, the same thing with shen tachashen. You can really take out an eye because if someone, if someone takes out your eye, no. It's possible that taking out another person's eye um, would cause more damage. Maybe his person would even die, he'd bleed. What happens if he's already missing an eye and then you taking out an eye suddenly means that he's blind altogether, which means the punishment's even worse. So clearly it means something else altogether. Monetary compensation. Once again, the Torah She-Be-Al-Peh. Of course, uh, the parasha starts off with uh, a double language of Emor, Emor El and the Amalta. Have a look at it, the first pasuk. Rashi talks about it's really an Azhara. And we usually understand that to be an Azhara, a warning. Lahazir Mishu, they have to be careful what they do, don't do this, don't do that. But Lahazir, you can also hear the Shorish in there is Zohar or Zahar, to light, to, to brilliance, to, to bring light to. And maybe there's a message in that, that uh, not just for Kohanim, but also for teachers and clearly for parents. I think all of us, including yours truly, 
How many times do we say to a kid, no? Why is that the first word they know? They know law before they so can. They know no before yes. Maybe there's too much of the no, and we have to, in addition to lahazhir, to warn people and say the no, there also has to be the positive input in telling people what yes, and uh, positive input, um, uh, etc. In any case, that's the parasha. Something very short about the projects, because parasha and projects, as many of you know, we moved into the Shiloh Heights, um, as in Atzeret Kohanim here in Israel. And we are definitely looking for people to take on projects within these buildings. First and foremost, having a building without families ain't worth much. It's good. It's actually very special. But without uh, renovations, and there's a lot of money needed for renovations of these apartments to make them all ready. I think there's only about three out of the 13 apartments that are really livable. So a lot of work needs to be done. If you want to dedicate an apartment, it's possible. If you'd like to take one of those amazing, beautiful, scenic, phenomenal scenic outlooks, then you can dedicate a scenic outlook and put a playground on a rooftop. We're even going to have a kiddish room in one of the buildings called Beit Yitzchak Isaac to, to have a multi-purpose room, a PR room, a room that all the groups can come to, and a place where the families in that building, the seven families uh, and everyone else in the general area of Shiloh Heights, will have a place to sometimes daven, uh, have kiddishes, functions in this top area. So if you want to dedicate the kiddish PR room, uh, on the top floor, overlooking absolutely everything. I'm sure all of you today have seen the views. You saw the video that we put out when we moved in a few weeks ago. And for those that want to be involved in acquisitions and investments, you have to call me because I have so many Ahmeds and Mahmouds and Mohammed and Ismail that want to sell now, especially in the Shiloh Heights. It's just crazy. But as I told someone, if Hashem is opening the door and sending a, a, an Arab shaliach, then clearly there has to be someone out there, and many Jews out there, with the money in order to invest, which is only done through a Konim in Israel, as you know. Um, American Friends uh, uh, does one of the wonderful projects, of course, that uh, you can channel donations to. But there's a lot to do in the Shiloh Heights. Be involved, and just remember, your, in your merit and your support, we are able to dream and redeem. Yom Yerushalayim is coming up, the international uh, day for uh, our annual appeal on Yom Yerushalayim. I beg everyone, and I don't mind begging, I, nothing wrong with doing that. I beg every single person that knows that Teretonim to spend 10 minutes, even 5 minutes, just to send out the link of our site for the annual uh, appeal for Yom Yerushalayim, for Yerushalayim and Ateret Konim. Send out to every single one of your friends emails, WhatsApp. Be a shaliach for Yerushalayim on Yom Yerushalayim. I will remind everyone next week also, it's coming up the 9th and the 10th. For most people in Chutzlar, it's Sunday is the best day to do that, obviously. The 9th is Erev Yom Yerushalayim. But please, we need shlichim to reach out to many people in the world who would love to support and who want to see Yerushalayim stay in Jewish hands for generations. I wish you all a Shabbat Shalom u'mevorach. Yom ze mechubat mikol yamim. Yona matzavo manoach. What about this one? Dero yikra levenim bat veyintzachem kemovahavat. Anyone know where the tune comes from? Let me know. Send me an email. Dealjerusalem at gmail.com. Shabbat Shalom once again.